on this week's Homo Superior. Iceman in Antarctica. Like, I know he likes like the a ice, hat on a hat. but doesn't he like, like, wouldn't he like water more? Like, Antarctica, it's dry. It's dry as fuck as far as precipitation goes. There's all, all the water's already frozen. I don't know. I feel like there may be some Shut other. Shut up, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't throw that rock at me. No. <laughs> well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior, where Auntie Emma has come to punish you, you, and you. You're cool, Brent. Issue 279. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. This week on Homo Superior, it's here. It's queer. Get used to it. It's the end of fashion month here on Homo Superior. As we wrap up 2023's Mutant Madness, she's got the look. The Marvels finally has its first trailer because Disney didn't have time to do any rewrites. Uh, we slide down the news ramp onto a thick Polaris. Uh, we know y'all love Jean Grey, so this week we're reviewing the first two episodes of the four-part Dark Phoenix saga on X-Men the Animated Series. If you're wondering whether we're going to talk about Sebastian Shaw's outfit... Don't worry. Oh, we're a fashion podcast. Uh, plus the issues and stick around to the end to see how well I can make a sexualized pop noise with my pl- for plug my father. Plug my father. <laughs> plug my fa- can I just say it's really funny that Ryan Kroll is not here this week as we are talking about Dazzler on the animated series. Yeah. That gives me a lot of joy. Uh, let's do some housekeeping. Mm-hmm. All right. Enough so- about Ryan. <laughs> Uh, back to Ryan. No, uh, definitely rate and review us if you like our podcast. We love five stars, four if you're feeling saucy, but four or five for sure. Uh, but the real housekeeping is Adam and I recently interviewed the one and only Charlie Jane Andrews, Woo-woo. current author of New Mutants Lethal Legion, creator of Escapade and Morgan. She's a delight. She's talented. She's funny. She's smart. She's a fan just like us. Uh, we are releasing the podcast next Wednesday to coincide with the second issue of New Mutants Lethal Legion. I know I like to be a like jack-of-all-trades type person, or at least I try to be. Yeah. She does everything. She's like a book reviewer for the Washington Post. She like writes actual novels. She does comics. It's it's just She has a podcast. She has a podcast. It's just fucking cool. She yeah. is so fun. I yeah. thought you were a jack off all trays. <laughs> <laughs> Master if, of subs. If, yes. <laughs> if your name is Trey, I'll jack you off. Uh, let's do some Mutant Madness. Alright, it's week seven and we're at the uh, very end of Mutant Madness, if you can believe it. Over the past seven weeks, you voted on your favorite looks of four. <laughs> we gotta figure out a way to show I was gonna this. say, we don't know how March Madness actually works. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, I'm into sports. <laughs> You have voted on your favorite looks for the four of our favorite X-Men. That's Storm, Jean Grey, Rogue, and Kate Pride. We started with 64 looks, and over the days and weeks, you helped whittle it down to 32 looks, then 16, then 8, then 4, we, and finally 2. We then, do know how March Madness works. Then back to 4, <laughs> then back to 8. I mean, you eight, guys didn't do the bracket until I again. forced it. Uh, and then we'd use prime numbers. Before we announce the winner of Mutant Madness, She's Got the Look, we want to give a shout look. out to the Couture Four, a.k.a. the top four looks for each of the four X-Men that I mentioned. Starting with Kate, her top four look was the Red Queen look, uh, as seen in Marauders. Hot. For Jean Grey, it was Phoenix, uh, as seen in many things. For Rogue, it was uh, her X-Men Blue look, which was also featured in the animated series, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it was the Brotherhood look for Storm, which she has popularized in the pages of X-Men Red. And the winner is, can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> it's all of you listeners. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's uh, Brotherhood Storm. One, it all. She's got the look. Did she win on every single Every group? single platform. Twitter, Insta, and our us. Vo- us as well. <laughs> Even though it was actually kind of a close vote for the five of us. If we did any production whatsoever, we would have She's Got the Look as a song prepared for this moment. She's got the look. It's more fun to do it every week. I'm sure She's everyone looks slower. It's funnier. We don't have to pay for rights. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you get daggers in their ears when they you listen. Know, it's perfect. Roxette is very litigious, so they'd come <laughs> after us. Uh, okay. Let me ask you all. Are you all shocked by this winner? Mm, no. I am. I'm not shocked because of the character. The character was going to win. It didn't matter what costume was. You were saying last week that Jean was going to win. Yeah. But it, 
that's the same way. Well, it's because there's more fans, and then they also message you to say, "Well, how dare you?" Even though they just weren't there to vote. <laughs> I'm just saying the it was, as I said earlier, it was a winner on one side of the bracket and a loser on the other side of the bracket. No matter what, Kitty and Rogue were going to lose. Oh, that's true. That's for sure. Yeah, we need better seating next year for sure. So yeah. the money uh-uh. on the side. Uh, hey, okay, easy. I'll write easy. into my uh, officials. Hey, yeah, all right. Everyone <laughs> likes to blame the seeds, but the seeds are what plant the tree to help us grow. So that's, I was gonna, uh, that's the fourth law of Krakoa, right? I know basketball. I thought you were going to say we all murder like no man, it. respect the sacred land. Something seeds about seeds. Pretty. I was trying to bail you out, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dig up, stupid. Yeah, uh, all right, who did you think was going to win? I wanted. I mean, I always felt it was going to be Storm just because she's my favorite. But I do like that this look ended up beating her Hellfire Gala look, only because it is that perfect amalgam of like we were talking about recency bias, but also nostalgia bias. And I think it combines like mm-hmm. her mohawk with like the new artistry that has obviously happened it's over thirty a, to forty it's, years. It's a good homage, but also looking forward to the future. Yeah, I. Uh, if I if at first started this, I thought Storm had one of the better chances, and I thought uh, Jean Grey had the best chance. Was just gonna slide. I did. I definitely thought that Jean fans, as both you and Clark mentioned last week, Jean fans are pretty rabid. Uh, they they're really good, get into oh, it. They're great. I mean, uh, they voted like crazy for costumes against each other uh, yeah. against other Jean costumes. Jean fans were out there. They care. So many votes. They yeah. Votes. Care. Well, we did have uh, one of our Twitter followers saying. Like, Storm's look is good, but come on, Gene's look is iconic. Why aren't people voting for Gene? And I responded on Twitter saying, it's because I think the voters understood the assignment, as Brent has once said. It wasn't about what's the most iconic or what's even, like, the most in other media. It's what looks the best to them. It's subjective, of course, but it is about, like, it is about fashion. It is about style. Well, also, bitch, it's, she has two color palette swapped clothes like you don't you're the fact that your phoenix and dark phoenix are exactly the same just different colors yeah it doesn't even fly my yeah. favorite one which i forgot about was a white with silver phoenix that one i That's really like it was only yeah. in the backup classic um with one shot thing that was attached to an old comic when they started reproducing them and marvel versus capcom classic three. x-men oh yeah classic yeah. x-men yeah it was the x-men classic x-men yeah, classic one, one either of, or i actually wish they sold because i have the green uh phoenix bodysuit and i wish they sold the silver one because that they probably do but i need to just find it but that shit's gorgeous yeah i am shocked that uh storm did win this final round though because mm-hmm. i really did think that given rogue uh that would have won that more fans would have had a nostalgia bias over recency bias yeah. i'm jealous or sad that a uh, snazzy kitty pride didn't win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a hero. i thought she would go to talk about what a trooper at least one time yeah. Yeah. round two right she yeah. really was wearing it all wasn't she yeah. yeah yeah clark you've got some numbers you want to share with us yes yeah just some quick more like names but um <laughs> so we, we just mentioned uh snazzy kitty we only disagree with you guys at least one of you groups uh, on five. Jean, mini Jean, mini her mini skirt Jean. <laughs> it's like mini Jean. Jean, a green mini Jean, <laughs> yeah. I should say. Uh, tiny uh, the Jean. original five Jean. Any uh, teeny. The w- pantsuit rogue, snazzy kitty, I said. And um, Red Queen kitty at the very end. Hmm. We voted for Red Queen ki- kitty over rogue. Uh, Rogue's uh, blue. Yeah. You had to give Kate some. She had some fashion yes. choice. You know, I started, I, I've never, I've been okay with uh, Rogue's X-Men blue look. I know it's popular, and I just, like, didn't love it. I was fine with it. But I think when Ryan got really rabid about it, I started voting against yeah, it every that. single time. He's like, it's the most popular look. It's not about popularity. It's about what looks God, we're good. Just fighting. Well, no, it we're is voting re- based on hating It is really other. funny oh, yeah. how... <laughs> cert- it's not about fashion. Negative it's partisanship. About, it's about how mad Ryan Kroll makes me. You could yeah. tell our votes definitely started leaning towards whatever we were trying to prevent. So we were all like, I don't want the Hellfire our gala looks to be in the top I mean, four. I think all of them get eliminated <laughs> the next week. Three weeks ago, I said I'm no longer voting for Hellfire. Except for Gene. You voted for Gene, I, I did. think. Gene. Yeah. Well, it's form oh, and yeah. function. That's fashion, I want baby. some more stats. Oh, yes. As individuals, uh, we voted for Storm, like you guys, the most with 63 votes, and at least with Kitty with 56. So they're almost the same thing. But I disagreed with you guys so much by comparison. Uh, <laughs> you guys being the audience. Yes, the audience. Brent, you uh, you got the most with fifty two times that you matched, that's, and we're correct. That's uh, that's not including not when you're matched. Is that including the final round? Yes. 
Wow. You, you got correct 52 times <sighs> in terms of who's wait, going wait, let's, let's take a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's slow down and, right. and enjoy this oh, moment. Oh, it's uh, popular. I mean, everything the, was close. The yep. Padawan has become the master. I know fashion. I know <laughs> the characters. Oh, I'm an expert now. This bitch gets two earrings and she thinks she knows fashion. I am the most correct. You were? Thank you. <laughs> and then Kaylin with 49. Adam with 48, Ryan with 47, and me with 45 <laughs> points. <laughs> I mean, that's very that's close. close. As I expected, I, I'm voting negative because I disagreed. With, I voted incorrectly on Jean Grey five times. What's the probability that you get like just half right? Right? It's not just 50%, right? Uh, but but uh, either way, I mean. You killed it. All right. Some other reason we were joking thank about you. Um, thank you. Adam voting solo all the time was you voted <clears> for Storm solo, meaning one versus four in our group. Oh, uh, yeah. Four times. And they were all Gene. <laughs> I mean, all, all Storm. All me. Storms. Yeah. I have very I have a very strong attachment to Storm. So I'm just going to vote for the things. But I even like. Storm versus each other. What yeah. Because they were out. They were outfits that meant a lot. to no, me. No, so he was off. voting. Again, yeah, this is yeah. What it, is. it was nostalgia effect versus. Oh yeah, like you loved Age of Apocalypse. Ninety two. No, I actually didn't vote yeah. for the ninety for yeah. Age of Apocalypse storm. But from the beginning, yes, it's the only one you voted yeah. for. Every single every single time you could possibly vote Age of Apocalypse, you <laughs> <It> did. did. <laughs> You're going to t- second, third. Those outfits mean a lot You're to me. Yes. Adam didn't understand the assignment. They saved him from a. Yeah, car. I've got a few more notes. Um, so Kaylin and you, Kaylin. Brent, uh, you guys got 14 out of 15 original Storm votes, right? Okay. Wow. But somehow you never voted together ever. <laughs> it, was, it was never It was never the two of you ever. How weird. Hey, uh, uh, we're doing a unity <laughs> ticket here, right? Yeah. We run for a president. <laughs> okay, minds agree sometimes. <laughs> you, you just Ours never, never, never voted for each other <laughs> in the election. If the right answer was landmines, we would never have accidentally stepped over. Oh, my God. Uh, the amazing. other main one is Clark and I. Clark and I. I'm Ryan now. <laughs> <laughs> Clark and Ryan, we voted four times as a pair. Three of them were the final four and final. We okay. just didn't want the ones that ended up winning. Um, final bit is that, Adam, you voted uh, against the group most often with seven. I voted least often with three, even though somehow I lost. I still voted the least. Oh, how, how does that work? Yeah. Um, I voted against every single kitty and ornate eight. <laughs> Ryan voted against... Um, every rogue in Ornate Eight, and Adam voted against, voted against every storm in Ro- in Ornate Eight, even though Get it you love here. storm. So You're just like I hate all these left. Adam is the most uh, divergent, aka wrong thinker. detergent yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he still did second place. Yeah. Because I'm place. a fucking monster. I don't know. Uh, and I just fucked it up. Well, I hope all of y'all had as much fun voting as we did posing uh the bracket and you know asking y'all to vote i had a blast running Tweet it. us I, dm us let us know about your feelings and findings and yeah. if you found if you if you know your own stats report them to us yeah, <laughs> yeah. and let us know we want to try to do this more often let us know what uh, other, other things that we can vote on you want yeah this is great this is great if you want to stand up for snazzy Kate Fry, Kitty Pride, just just let us know. I am very Justice curious about the people she, who voted for her. She is the gremlin of our Justice of our madness bracket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we will be. Yeah, we'll be like. Now I'm like. We need. We probably need like worst outfit possible. So it's gonna. So be snazzy, snazzy wins the golden boot, if you will. If this was Drag Race. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. The worst of the worst. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a preview review. It's where we review all of the stuff that came out. That's a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sentence. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Marvels trailer came out. What is this? A crossover episode? Uh, the first trailer for the Marvels dropped, and it's what film critics call a romp. It's going to be a rambocious <laughs> ride, and we can't believe how furious we are buying the tickets we will be. Danvers Park. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what, what did y'all think? Uh, it's a very delightful trailer. Um, I'm looking forward to the most. I even said that when we we're talking about the movies that were coming out this year, Marvel's looks the most fun. Great use of song. I think mm-hmm. the trailer. Uh, you didn't think it should have been Beastie Boys, uh, Boys Girls? <laughs> oh my god! Hey ladies. Yeah. I want body moving. Yeah. Oh, body moving is a very good song, but Intergalactic is a fun song. It's it made a lot of sense. Um, it just looks delightful. Uh, obviously, the actress playing Kamala Khan is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite Marvel property from the last two years, and just excited to see her exuberance it, dealing with Monica and Carol. It felt like to me, 
an authentic and good version of what I wanted Ant-Man trailers and then the Ant-Man movie to feel like where I'm like, this isn't going to be overly serious. It's going to be fun. It'll be like more family friendly, what have you. But everyone just seems like they're actually having a good time versus like it being over dramatized. I don't know. I like, I'm just like it being reinvigorated my spirits for phase five. Phase five. And it's hard to keep track nowadays. But uh, but yeah, and then um, gosh, I forgot her name. She was in uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, but she's going to be the villain playing some sort of creep. Yeah, who wasn't that? Oh, Zawe Ashton. Yeah. That's who it is. Who, who? Which character will that not have been from the comics? Well, she's she- playing um, a gender cross version of a Cree that I don't remember the name of. It's very minor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that the villain, the true villain, hasn't been revealed to us yet. Instead of just some random creep person, yeah, because that is, that's very like early phase Marvel, where like it's just a boring villain that doesn't make any sense. Who's in the rogues gallery for Carol? Like, are there anybody we should expect to see? Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, I mean that's could, a bunch of people. If they're doing um Kang stuff, it could be Scarlet Centurion, right? Because he uh, a horrible ro- well, rogues, ro- uh, the worst villain of hers. Yeah, they rewrite f- that for well, that's art imitating life right there, yeah. and life imitating art. Uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's other cosmic shit. There's so much cosmic shit that Marvel's done, like more Kree cosmic shit. I yeah. know. Uh, but it's also I, did, carrying a hammer. Like I love that they're just like, uh, yeah, go get the uh, leftover Ronin uh, cosplay. Yeah, yeah, and put yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. You're an accuser now, right? <laughs> don't they pass down that hammer in the comics? Like people are always, they've always. So this is the movies, here. Brent. Yeah. <laughs> well, we only, yeah, they only have one prop. They can only afford one prop. It, Disney has no money now. We yeah. already know that. Uh, was anybody Disney. else worried that they've kind of, maybe not really, but sort of spoiled the ending for Secret Invasion because you've got Fury at the very beginning of the trailer? Oh, uh, did you think we thought he was, you thought he was going to potentially Not die? be a scroll, but it's just like, oh, we know he's going to be okay at the end of it. I know? felt like I knew he was going to be okay at the end of it no matter what because I knew he was going to be in this movie. Yeah, I guess so. I, I forgot about but, it until but the trailer. seeing it made it real. I do. Yeah. I think we'll get a lot more on the bangles because that was the other thing too is that uh, Zawi Ashton's character is also wearing a bangle so those two bangles are going to come together I love Hazy Shade of Winter probably create a seismic boom the size of Wonder Woman's bangles I don't know wrist clap um, Zawi Ashton who I've met after a show once in London uh, she's going to play Dar Bin who's only been in five comics in Marvel ever Okay, we dar been so here before. So they're just trying to randomly dig some whatever creed they can find out of the nothing. Mm. She's oh. very nice. Darbin five issues with her in it. How much a pair of the pirate? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, very much looking forward to it. And I want to see no more. I just want to see that fucking movie and be surprised by it. Well. Have I got some disappointing news for you because <laughs> there's going to be more trailers that, that give you more story. spoilers. I yeah. did like that they got the Flurgan bit out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, then they the cat, showed yeah. a bunch of Flurgans running down some stairs. Or maybe they're just regular cats, but <laughs> yeah. I assume that they're all going to be monsters. No, it's a cat movie. Just like, all right, you, you're, it's going to be a stupid moment. Here it is early on to brace yourself for when the movie comes out. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to stuff that's something different. Extra, extra. It's oh, a, I thought you were going to do make the sound or somebody. Extra, extra. extra. Oh, thank got you. The news. Read, extra, read all about extra. it. Beast is gay now. That's what I needed. Welcome to Extra. I'm Clark Whitehead. I'm Mario Lopez. And I'm Maria Menunos with all the entertainment news for your ear holes and assholes. First, big X Men book news appearing on the scene. Last Friday was Boy, a tasty bit of information. First up, <laughs> Steve Orlando is writing Astonishing X Men instead of Steve Fox. As I reported last week, because the internet said that it was news, and I take no credit for that issue because I'm not an asshole. So suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> the artist will be Vincenzo Caratu. Uh, Iceman, Iceman sits up, sets up a base in Ar- Antarctica, you see, to fight Orcus and some people, and also be one of the most powerful individuals in the world. So Superman. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Yep. Yeah. So like, like Iceman in Antarctica. Like I know he likes like the a ice, hat on a hat. but doesn't he like like wouldn't he like water more? Like Antarctica, it's dry. It's dry as fuck as far as precipitation goes. There's all, all the water's already frozen. I don't know. I feel like there maybe some other. Shut others. up, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't throw that rock at me. No. <laughs> Is he gonna call it his fortress of holitude? Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, Keep going. No, it isn't, Brent. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, next is Dark X-Men. <laughs> this one by Steve Fox, as I we were confusingly said last time, for a different one. Jonas Sharp is the artist. Uh, Madeline Pryor, Havoc, Archangel, Azazel, Zero, the Akira version. Implate and Wolverine Android Albert are filling the void left by the X-Men. Spoilers, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> and as Brent said last week, they will operate out of the Limbo Embassy. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, twice in one episode, Brent is correct. <laughs> what are you thinking? You're a broken clock, right? Twice a day. You also sound like you're a morning uh, news radio show. I can't help. <laughs> I can't help that my voice is so sonorous. Oh, there you go. I just love bow, that. Bow, bow, bow. I love that Albert's around. That fucker's... That, that was a deep I like cut. Him. I want LCD to be there though like That's his weird crazy. like baby doll female robot friend yeah i have no idea who the fuck albert is he's a we, re- robot we read him version in of one of the remember weapon when wolverine x was it weapon x he was, it was one of those one shots when wolverine was going to come back from the dead it was like oh, the hunt for wolverine yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those first few miniseries my, yeah. my brain is like a video camera at a low you, budget store you, it gets replaced zoom every, enhance every zoom tw- enhance will you let me finish my joke no every 24 hours it's rewritten over i do not remember what happened that far back in time you take two steps forward and Take one step. No back. steps it's not back. Too bad, yeah. <laughs> I just take no steps forward or back. <laughs> no, he rewinds because yeah. it's a tape. Um, do you get it? Well, I I am generally pretty excited. So what do you this. What do you like about the team? Uh, it's fucking weird. Uh, and I also am very curious about what is leading to the either dissolution or the fact that the X Men aren't around, which I think we'll get they're, into. That we're getting the X Men vote like the same time as they're supposedly vanishing. Yeah. Who, who is Zero slash Akira? Uh, <laughs> Generation I Hope. only called him Akira because it's basically just a character swipe. Even the drawings for that series yeah. were just... Akira Gill is Generation Hope. Got it. Okay. He's that, that's like a real... There's not no, multiple no, no, versions no, no. of Zero. Got it. Yes. Yep. There so, are two versions of Zero. So then wait, but who is Zero? I was you were explaining the Akira thing. He's right? one oh, of the five lights. One of the five oh, lights that Hope yes. brought back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, I'm just happy to see Madeline Pryor and Havoc in a book together. Yes. So that's what I'm most excited Kissin'. about. Mm-hmm. So this is going to have a little bit of a Hellions vibe to it, just like when Zeb Wells wrote that a few years ago. But so clearly more nightmarish. You can't, <laughs> oh, a thousand. Implate's not great. Azazel's not great. Yeah. It, yeah, like where they're it, just bad people. Who is the like more? Sh- is like Madeline the straight man in this? Like, there's Havoc's the straight, straight man. man of just like who the fuck? But Havoc's are these also people? a dumb fuck. He's yeah. a buffoon. Well, that's okay. Albert's pretty much a straight man too. A what straight, if Gambit's a straight man? What if Gambit's? Like I forgot the Gambit's one? in there too. I didn't write his name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like for Gambit for me. That was my lead-in. That's why I asked the question. Good yeah. job. Just confirmed. <laughs> All right, so thirdly, Reign of X by Torin Grunbeck and Diogenes uh, Realm Nevish. of X, Realm of X. What the hell did I call it? Reign, Reign of, of X? X yes. I'm changing it. It's called, Re- it's called Reign of X. You heard yeah. that first. Yeah. It's, Realm it's, it's of been X. changed by me. Danny Moonstar, Magic, Marrow, Dust, Cursed, and Typhoid Mary are off to Vanaheim, which is one of the ten realms in Norse mythology, and home to a That's bunch of- That's where Disneyland is, right? Sponge to a home of really sexy gods who like the ocean. The team gets stuck when Magic's powers go on the fritz, and they have to figure out a way home. Mm. This sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I one of my favorite uh, X Men storylines from back in the day was Asgardian Wars uh, because I never I remember seeing the trade paperback as a kid in the comic store and I was like X Men and Norse gods that sounds fucking cool. I love mythology as a kid. So and I finally read the issues and the more that they do that kind of stuff, especially with Danny Moonstar and her link to like the Valkyries, I think is great. I like the porno Asgardian Wars one. Do we want to move on or? Yeah, no, so. I'm very excited about this <laughs> yeah. book. I read All right, as Gordian Horrors is done. This is a little bit unusual, but we wanted to put a trigger warning for this next section of conversation as we're going to be discussing sexual assault. If you'd like to skip ahead, you can jump to the 34 minute mark to avoid this section. Welcome back <laughs> for the commercial break. Maria Lopez, Marina Menounos, and I will like to talk about something greatly <laughs> troubling Clark, who is me, and therefore the whole podcast because they had to listen to me slash him. <laughs> And that's the mini Avengers of a bunch of rapists. As the X office just added Azazel and Typho Mary to X team, joining the other already paired up with Mystique on Immortal, Sabretooth, and whatever mini he's going to be in. So what the hell is wrong with Marvel right now? Azazel raped Mystique, Mystique raped Wolverine, Gambit, Sabretooth, and others. Sabretooth raped Silver Fox, and Typhoid Mary raped Deadpool, pretending to be Siren, to the point where there was a string of issues afterwards dealing with his trauma. Why the hell are these characters chugging along, especially on X teams? 
So I wanted to talk about this, and I'm glad you brought it up, Clark, because when this stuff happened, uh, writers uh, would use uh, rape as a trope, and it still happens in current day fiction, use rape as a trope to show just something, how serious something is, uh, victimizing women, victimizing men, you know, uh, doing the whole kind of survivor bias or survivor, not survivor bias, but survivor like stories to be able to like say, look, look what they went through or whatever, or to show how bad these things are. I looked up all these issues where it happened. Azazel, Sabretooth, Mystique, Typhoid Mary. Who else am I missing, Clark? Are those the big four? Those are the four I mentioned. Yeah. The four that we're actually dealing with in comics. All the writers were cisgender men who wrote this. Who would have thought, yeah. Who would have thought. So... And this, a lot of this happened in the 90s and the aughts. And so the, the ones we're f- talking about are all basically in the aughts, which is wild that men are writing Got males right, being right. raped in right. comic Well, the, Sabretooth was the 90s. That was, or uh, Mystique was 90s for Sabretooth. That was Larry for Hama. For Sabretooth, yeah. but not for every other one I just mentioned. Those right. are going up to like 2014 or something. Yeah. No, uh, we started reading it. 2018 with that astonishing run where oh, she yes, and talked tr- about sleeping with Gambit while he was like fucking some twins it's very problematic and this is what i i think this is worth a conversation we're having the conversation now is like these are characters owned by marvel they are ip that they will continue to use over and over again but marvel allowed for mostly these male writers to write these scenarios and now you know now we have more diversity of, of voices we have women we have queer uh individuals we have people of color uh, more people of color writing these characters, and I'm hoping that they don't keep doing it. But I, you know, what do you do? Does Marvel just like completely just put them away because they're a company? They're going, they can't like let go of intellectual Toys. property. They just can't do that. That that doesn't work that way. So you know, I think this is, I think this is like, I think it's something that we need to talk about. Have they ever? One of these writers okay. is um female who's going to be writing a rapist character. Yes, but she didn't write, write the, the rape. I know. So that's that's gonna, what that's the point gonna, I'm trying to make. Is she going to write the rehabilitation of a rapist? I don't know. I don't know what the, you do in a, in a situation. If I became a writer at Marvel and Marvel editorial said you have to write Sabretooth or Mystique or or Typhoid Mary or whomever, you know, do I do I write it and acknowledge it? Does the editor allow for that? I mean, the the, the writer doesn't own these characters. A company does, and the company changes hands mm-hmm. or like the like the the top levels of editor. I mean, Bob Harris was editor in chief. When some of this stuff happened, and then it was like Alex, Alex Alonzo, and before that was are, Joe Casada. So yeah, I was like, are there not? And obviously, goes without saying that rape is fucking awful. Um, but are there not things that are left like a, a 30, 40 year old characters? Are there not things left on the cutting room floor from other people's runs? Like in the sense that who the char- like how the character was that long ago when someone like a fucking idiot wrote them making bad decisions like do you just ice them out forever like i'm interested to know your perspective clark in, on what in you'd some like cases the, like the writers are writing for marvel still is jason aaron's not quite done with his avengers run right or he's almost he's done yeah yeah, yeah. He, so he was the one who wrote wolverine's rape where mystique drugged him pretended to be yuriko and then sent the videotape of said fucking to melita which is his current girlfriend who then dumped him even though he was the victim so, and I guess like one thing to also comment on, I think the it obviously points out the larger problems with even a Krakoa model is that, and I think we've talked a little bit about this on, or at least off podcast, even that these characters, while generally still being like villainous as people within Krakoa, mutants are in general seen as a unified positive force. So there's there's some question for me of and i wish they would even cover that is how can krakoa be a utopia when there are still people running around they have amnesty obviously but how are they running around having done or performed these actions or not and my other question was going to be like have they ever dealt with these experiences post them happening in the actual comic besides deadpool no when was the deadpool one I don't remember. Okay. That Joe Kelly, I think. He's yeah, like, Joe Kelly. Oh, when uh, uh, I had to reread Typhoid it Mar- because I read. I've read part of it and then hadn't read it again because yeah. it was in one of the as like an a, a compendium. I I mean, there the thing you raise, Adam, is interesting more than just what Clark said. It's because like the whole idea of like the flaw in Krakoa. You know, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a society ostensibly. It is something that we're supposed to root for, but it's clear that like 
the governing is flawed in many ways. The laws aren't written. They're too broad. Um, even like when you bring up Sabretooth, Clark, you brought this up during Hoxpox, is he was thrown in the pit for breaking a law that didn't exist yet. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that is, I mean, but rude. he's a bad person, so... But he also took over hell, quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> you should have done that one. But, like, you know, Victor Laval did, I think, a really nice job in both miniseries mm-hmm. about, like, talking about incarceration as uh, a real issue uh, with, you know, specifically in the, in the African-American communities. Well, and Sabretooth in both of those minis is quite clearly mm-hmm. an asshole, a villain, or what have you. I think, especially within the mystique realm where it gets tricky is that there are people that see, you know... You mean audience. What's up? You mean, you mean the, the audience? audience. Yeah, the I'm audience sorry. fucking loves her. Yeah, that's right, exactly. That's, like, the pr- the biggest problem that I can see where, like, Azazel, Typhoid... Like, Typhoid Mary can and will and should always primarily be a villain. How and why she ends up on the team, it's like... Well, yeah, go ahead. We know that, um, that Kingpin is involved now with Emma. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's going to come over related to that and she was in that one issue of um was it x-men or one of the issues where like she showed with up with, kingpin, the very, yeah. with kingpin on krakoa yeah i mean it comes back to these are the, the actions they take are because of the people who write them and then ultimately also the people who illustrate them and marvel you know for whatever reason allowed this to happen to make the storytelling seem darker more mature whatever but i'm hoping as like the way we consume fiction, whether it's light or dark or whatever, this is a trope that's no longer used. Uh, it is just on the cutting room floor. I mean, even mm-hmm. Alan Moore is a writer I really uh, like, admire and love. And Watchmen, as I look at my hardback copy that's uh, on my bookshelf right now, I mean, you had a really fucked up trope where you had the comedian raping um, the right. first Silk Spectre, and then she goes back and has a like an intimate moment with him and that's how her daughter is born you know and like that's really really messed up as as a story so that's the thing i i don't have a good answer for this i'm glad you brought it up clark um because it is it is a terrible trope but again you know this is intellectual property owned by a big company and these characters aren't going to go anywhere and the writers who are going to write them weren't the ones who put in this specific situation, it wasn't Steve Orlando, it wasn't Steve positions. Fox, yeah. it wasn't, uh, um, you know, Torn uh, Gr- uh, Grionbeck. I hope I'm pronouncing her name Grunbeck. correctly. It really Grunbeck. is. It is a fact, like, having, mm. knowing that we have done, like, previous creator crushes and stuff with both of the Steve's, Steve's and what have you, I'd be really interested to, you know, and maybe it's a thing we could even not pose as like an open dialogue, but just getting some information from creators in the realm about how yeah. they do that would be really interesting. So. I'd also love to hear from our listeners and if they yeah. would like to, you know, get slide into our DMs or tweet at us and get their perspective. But on if you're a garbage story. troll, we will delete your comments and block you. Oh, we'll make fun of you. <laughs> then we'll what delete you. Mean? Is someone supporting it? Somebody, somebody saying Cheering like, or, or not, or somebody saying it's not that big a deal. Yeah. We need to not think about it because it is, a, it is a big deal. Especially since, it's still happen. It's not still happening, but the weird gambit destiny shit is just like not an add-on, but that's still their relationship uh, still function fun- not not on non functional, but I still do, connecting in a way that yeah. I think we had a conversation on podcast related. I think it was one of the whatever issue that they were all in uh, destiny gambit destiny making like kind of poking fun at like they've got to find. I think there is an obligation, I will say. So writers obviously control this. It's not the character's fault. I will say there's an obligation to writers who are writing the comics now, editors, to know and understand the sensitive moments that these characters have played in before because of dumb Mm -hmm. writers and ensuring that there aren't scenarios where people, I mean, literally can discover or find situations like you do, Clark, where you can become very frustrated. Yep. I'm about the scenarios because I think it's it's bad for everybody. I'm like, there's ways to still utilize these characters yeah. and have them interact with other people that have nothing to do with the scenarios that they've been in play. It's still not a perfect solution, but they should not th- do do not do things as blatant as you know having the wife of a rapist making fun of the person that their daughter is currently like. So there's just fuckery over there that they can yeah, figure. Just out. leave them apart. Correct. Just take those, exactly. Don't put them in the same room. Right. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. So we recently put out on Twitter under Polaris, uh, 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 you know, the new books were announced that Clark talked about. Uh, we know these three, but we asked you which one you're looking forward to the most. So Astonishing Iceman, Dark X-Men, Realm of X, and of course, a fourth choice, Nunya Business Homos. 
Um, so <laughs> as you do, as you do. Uh, so uh, what? Uh, let me ask you guys this: Which book are you looking forward to the most? Before I go into um, what the uh, what our fans on Twitter said, I liked None Your Business. That one felt most right to me. I what, said, what happened to the poll? Did that get deleted all of a sudden? <laughs> I said I, I think got somebody your, accidentally deleted it. Your new oh. thing right here. Um, I. I'm going to go with Dark X-Men. I think if it's going to have, it's because it feels like the Hellions vibe, even though it's not written by or has any of the same creative team. But I just, I feel like X-Men does best, especially nowadays when they throw in their random B, C, D listers. Mm-hmm. Um, just the big X-Men team. It's still very good. Obviously, we're talking about some of it today. But that the underbelly, I think I'm literally turning into what, you know, like, uh, you Clark Ryan, any type of real X fan, think of Steve Orlando. Like you love the weird fucking characters, even though I don't know how some of these characters. I'm still the like Gremlins, baby. I can't wait to like learn about the Gremlins. I'm most looking forward to Astonishing Iceman. You know, water issues aside, I do think that Steve <laughs> Steve Orlando has a, a strong interest in science uh, type questions. You know, with mm-hmm. the, all the stuff about threshold. And, uh, you know, apocalyptic events. I think he'll do interesting stuff with Iceman's powers. And I also think he has a sense of gay humor that will suit that character yeah. very well. And he's very good at solo characters. Yes. I will give him that, I'm, too. I'm very excited. I'm just going to jump on for the Iceman thing just to say, I think we talk about it no, a lot. No, you had your thing. And talk this about it with mine. creators. And we even talked about it maybe like last week or two weeks ago was um, getting like 201 gay content. So like 101 is always like someone coming out or someone just like experiencing being gay or a yeah. young adult, like, just give me that fucking faggot. 201 is immediately into fisting. Yeah. <laughs> right, you talk about 101, yes. you talk about 201, but baby, you got yes. no class. Yeah. yeah. Mine is uh, Dark X-Men. I hope it gives me that Hellions vibe that I've missed ever since that series finished. Yeah. Uh, I Dark X-Men, I'm also really, really looking forward to, but I'm going to say Realm of X. Good choice. Not Reign of X. Realm Reign of, of X. X. Don't no. Rain. No. Reign on X. X. <laughs> we used to make that stupid joke. She's not on the team, though. Lady Gaga? Rain. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, Rain of X. She's okay. Not on it. Rain Sinclair of X. Uh, Unless I fucked that's, up. That's no. clever. Uh, but I, the Asgardian stuff I talked about before, I also want to see uh, Danny and Ilyana interact with each other. And I'm glad they're not in another New Mutants book. Yeah. They're moving on from this. I, I, think it's, I, think it, I think it sounds like a lot of fun. So let me let y'all know what our uh, followers on Twitter said. Uh, number one was Dark X-Men with 49%. So they agree with Adam and Clark. Number two was Realm of X. They agree with me. Number three was Astonishing Ice Man. They agree with Brent. Yeah. Brent's, Brent's in third place. And none of your damn business homos was 2%. <laughs> so that got like maybe four votes. Yeah. You mean 400 no, I votes, I mean, Clark. I, I mean, I, that was one of, one of them was me. <laughs> that was just you like pushing. <laughs> was was one Clark Whitehead one. I Clark Whitehead two. Clark Whitehead three. I like the mentality that... Uh, viewer must have to say my opinion is so none of your business i'm going to let you know stay out of my fucking way they're all they're they're all from new hampshire Um, Um, let's get on to mcu next tv our weekly segment focused on the latest and greatest of the mcu disney plus tv shows this week we've got x-men tatas season three episodes 14 and 15 the dark phoenix saga part one and two dazzled and the inner circle the follow-up to the original Phoenix Saga earlier in the season, the first two episodes of this two-part, really four-parter, find Cyclops necking with Dazzler, fluorescent tiger print waistcoats courtesy of the Hellfire, I mean Inner Circle, and a cliffhanger of Dark Phoenix fully emerging. Uh, how did you all enjoy the 15-minute previously on of in the first episode? They really gave us the entirety. They just like, look, we are out of money. Just show everything that happened in the original Phoenix storyline and let's just hope that no one notices. They re- well, they were not trusting that mm. people were watching it week to week because mm. they had the mentality of every episode of somebody's mm. new, and like this is the era of like episodic TV, especially for Saturday morning cartoons. I will say though, the, pre- the previously on was the entirety of the prior episode. Yeah, <laughs> but did you enjoy that you got to hear the Mural Island music again? Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that just Moira talking? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a proud language. Let's talk about this inner circle and particularly the cartoon versus comic incantations and what's been happening since 92. So Emma got her diamond form. Donald Pierce, obviously, was part of the Reavers. And then there was also Harry Lee Loon and Jason Wingard, who gives a shit about that. How 
how did the inner club or the circle club? <laughs> the, inner, the inner dinner club. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the inner dinner club. How did they meet? Did they meet in like the 1700s and then just keep the style? Or did they meet in yeah. like 1970 and they're like, we're all in on the, the, the zebra, the zebra club. print. Hellfire Club is a real thing. I understand. Okay. Yes. I was going for a joke. Oh, oh well, it's been centuries. That I do not understand how they ended up on the fashion choice of uh, 1700s dandy and uh, 90s uh, uh, Lisa Frank binder. It's <laughs> like an eyes wide shut party in a way. And yeah, yeah. haircuts. Very much so. I, yeah, those, I will say the Hellfire Club guards are terrifying. I also don't understand what their benefit plan I mean, is. so Claremont was a huge fan of the Hellfire Club episode of The Avengers, not uh, like Marvel's Avengers, but yeah. like uh, Emma, Emma Peel. BBC or whichever channel it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was a whole episode of the Hellfire Club or the bad guys. And mm-hmm. so like he was like, I love this. I'm going to use it in the X-Men. He created it. And so to your point, Brent, or your question, it was a question, right? Uh, it was more of a statement leading to a punchline. It was a joke a that we were, yeah. It was, yeah. It was a joke at. we should have all sighed at. Like mine got sighed at. Yeah. Instead, we just didn't <laughs> know got, if it was a joke. Anyway, <laughs> we just stomped all over it. But yeah, no, they fucking love their little 18th century garbs. Uh, Sebastian Shaw has been plucking his eyebrows. <laughs> He's a hairy motherfucker. You can see. Oh the, my god, yeah. when he absorbs that energy and his chest bursts open. Oh yeah, I can't, there's I an extra moment where a, a, they they decided to draw the button fly off in slow motion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the, his hairy chest popped out. The first two episodes of this is surprisingly close to the comic. Yeah, the Dazzler, st- the Dazzler Scott like romance yeah. or no whatever. That I was wondering like, that why the that, fuck that show. Oh, that wasn't that, that was not in the comic. Okay. Of she course, was Kid, in the comic though. She was in the comic very briefly. Kitty Pride was introduced in the Dark Phoenix saga, and so ah. there's no Kitty character, obviously. But like, I did love the late 80s style music that Dazzle oh was singing. Oh my God. <laughs> Loved it. And oh she's a bitch. She's like, oh, that's your girlfriend? Doesn't seem like your girlfriend right What's now. What's even more confusing is that they used the Dazzler costume in the long shot episodes. And say, when they did, did, she, did she show back up? How did yeah. she get back from, from Mojoverse? They never they never explained, explained it. why she got I think it was because it was minute such preview, a didn't make it She that. is working. <laughs> it's, it's pretty important. Yeah. The least guarded bar in human history because <laughs> there have been two cat kidnappings in two different nights in the same week, and they have not gotten a single security guard. Oh, my God. Mamma um, mia. Let's talk about Beast not understanding how physics work and X-Men never learning anything about their enemy's powers. I loved that. Loved it. Because Beast is, like, talking about a force that doesn't exist. And Sebastian Shaw is like, um, you dumb. Kick. And hits him into a wall. But did you like that? He just started like sweating a lot. Like he seemed to just have a lot of sweat. Yeah, lines they're like, what's how stink how, lines how, coming out of how him? How do we get as many layers of clothes off Sebastian Shaw? Um, the Phoenix Force is a cunt, y'all. Yeah, of course. Huge. You're, wait, you're just discovering this now? I mean, well, I need, I need, I forgot to look up ahead of this whether or not it was the same voice actress. But if it is, wow, that's a that's Oscar worthy performance. So, right uh, Clark, this Jean's outfit. This is the. Is she the Dark Madam, Dark Queen, Black Queen? Black, Black, Queen. Queen. Black Queen. Queen. This was the outfit that you kind that of liked. For, yeah. uh, why Why was her hair expanding over the course of these two episodes? <laughs> oh, no. That it was just slowly getting bigger it's and bigger. It's full of Hellfire Club <laughs> secrets. I love that. Um, yeah. Did you guys notice that or clock that Mastermind's illusions were just March daydreaming on the boat Is that with March the gay Simpson? pirate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wearing an earring because you're a pirate? Kinda. Kinda. <laughs> Ooh, such noise. <laughs> Uh, also, please stop playing your sack. The Phoenix Force is such a bitch. She's like, and now everyone can see how ugly you truly are. And he's a f- normal looking man. Looking gentleman. He does get like, you're really so Well, in John Byrne, when he was drawing the comics, like Jason Wingard is this like very hot, sexy guy. And then you see him in the comic. He looks grime, grimy. Yeah. Like yeah. it is just like sullen cheeks, like it's melting. Yeah. gray skin. Oh, it's like hairs the, all, it just does not look good. Yeah. The cartoon did not do <laughs> it's that. It's like justice. a zoom in on a um, Ren and Stimpy cartoon. Oh, Those things yes. made me feel so gross. But, yeah. but in this, he just looked like Connor Roy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, and then we had Wolverine and Jean trying to quit each other once again. She did almost set him on fire, which was fun. And then he. His healing, it was consensual. Yeah, there we go. His healing powers don't really seem to work as well in the cartoon show. Well, we'll have parts three and four 
next week. We sure will. Let's get on the issues. Our weekly recap of all things X. This week we got Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, number three, X-Men, number 21, Captain Marvel, number 48, and X-23, Deadly Regenesis, number two. Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, number three, Al Ewing and Alessandro Vitti. Sins of Sinister heads towards the finish, and the titles start coming together in the year 1000. With a newly resurrected young Storm and her brotherhood facing off against Red Diamond Emma and her army of Sinisters and Chimera, all the while Sinister Prime continues machinations in the background. (laughs) Emma's got an empire. Sorry, that was just a weird way to say background. In the background. Background. Uh, so Sins of Sinister obviously has been uh, evoking Age of Apocalypse, right? Like not completely the same story, I love but it. like, and I love all the costumes. <laughs> in the same way, excellent world building, really fun moments. The story still, I don't un- unless the Nightcrawlers number three, which comes out next week, and then like the Coda, like Sins of Sinister Dominion. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Um, if they bring it all together, maybe, but it just feels like. Again, it just feels like, oh, this seems really cool, but what is the goddamn point? Except for bringing Rasputin into the main timeline. Mm. This was the first issue that really felt like a true miss to me. Really? It, it to me, awful. It felt like there's one thing that was trying to be set up, which is Storm fighting a giant. Robo, Robo Emma. Yeah. Uh, it was like a dot matrix or like the fucking robot in uh, Spaceballs. And she's got the oh, vacuum. Vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I was gonna Mega, say, maid. Mega, Mega maid. Mega maid. I was going to say the robot in uh, Danger 5 too when Hitler takes all the... Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it would have... Wonders. All the fights for each of these individual people who I, I kind of like, uh, kind of, they don't really feel consequential. And it all, like it would have, it just felt like it would have been better maybe if they just didn't have Storm in it at all. This has just been a miss. These overall. crossovers don't work when they rush through so much stuff. Like this could have been and should have been a buildup. Storm was resurrected and died in the same fucking issue. <laughs> On the same page, basically. <laughs> I, I don't think more issues would have made this better. I don't. I don't think the plot was there. just ever there. I think it was again really interesting world building. Yeah. I like hearing about all these emp- like the 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 red diamond empire is fucking cool. But, like, it's not a story. It's just an interesting idea. But, well, and I think that's the thing. If this was an actual main... That's what I mean by, like, if it just... Not that there would be an open and closed sequence. I think the world is fascinating. And the timeline is somewhat fascinating. Like, if we were going to live in these scenarios for, like, a year or something, great. Because I think particularly how all the sinister versions of these characters are written is wonderful no matter where you show up. But... Yeah, I agree. It's a mostly a nothing burger. Like, there's nothing. That's what makes it like Age of Apocalypse, which is how overrated. Dare you. How fucking dare you? <laughs> that had very highs and lows. That had everything. <laughs> Ten-year-old Adam is very, very. Where, yeah. where were either of those? <laughs> um, John Ironfire is probably going to come around too. So they're just bringing in some randos from this universe. Yeah, no John Ironfire does nothing for me. Not nothing. Yet. They haven't really explained any goddamn thing about him. And yeah. just shoots hot, cl- hot bolts out of his hands. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, okay, that. now I'm in. Uh, but what did you guys think about the new five? You had old Oda. <laughs> no one cares. The they died in like 14 seconds. Hey, you later. leave Genesis Mind Flayer alone. <laughs> no, Why no, is his I last won't. name Mind Flayer? This should have been almost like uh, like the quote unquote infographics or information dumps, like as a comic. Because I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Instead of like trying to extend it. Into an issue, yeah. You know? But and what about uh, what yeah. about the high summers chimeras who well, look like giant? Well, dookie before we go on for the new five, they did feel like, like oh, like you 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 stop hanging out with a person and then you meet up with them later in life and you meet their friends and you're like oh, all these are just bad copies of your original yeah. friends, the bizarro <laughs> these friends, are just yeah. worse. One of your friends is named Jenny Mindflayer. <laughs> These well, these fucking chimera names too. High Summers, Loud Hailer, Hot Claw, Sage Advisor. I love the friend I called Old. Hey, one Oda. is a consulting company. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what did you like? Uh, you say? Hot Claw, get your Hot Claw. <laughs> oh, I just said I'd love to have a friend named Old Oda. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Old Oda. Yes, Old Old Young Oda. <laughs> um, let's talk about. Let's get back to the regular timeline and. Talk about the Revenge of the Brood. Uh, the Earth arc wraps up uh, in X-Men number 21, Jerry Duggan and Stefano Coselli, with Gene bitch-slapping Nightmare back to the dreamscape, talking Scott from genocide, 
and a dead celestial head ex machina allowing Brew and the Hive Mind Brew to live happily ever after near Jupiter. I thought Monet and Forge's storyline was going to be like leading into the next Jesus Christ next episode, not episode next issue episode. Yeah. yeah next the, it was going to be a through through line instead it's just like this is how we end up shoving Brood into a head I was shocked that this was the last issue of the X Men stuff because <laughs> we'll talk about Captain Marvel in a second because that's still continuing yeah um. I like the X-Men stuff a lot more than Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It is clearly... Oh, yeah. It's cl- and there so much some, more was happening. So much more was happening. And interesting moral quandaries, like from the last issue with Gene basically telling Brew, I'm going to enter your yeah. brain. But then Gene and Scott having their moral quandary of, like, is genocide justified or not in here? Let's call it Brew Decide for the... Listeners. Then they came out with, "We're gonna kill most of them, but not your friends. Not your friends. You're gonna we're gonna hide <laughs> them away in nowhere." Did you like the moment of Gene yanking off his goggles uh, to see if he had crazy brood eyes? Scott? Is that why? No, she just wanted to look him in the eyes to say, "I don't like the brood." Oh, I thought that was a reference to the original brood no. storyline. No, I don't think oh, so. No, that uh, that isn't interesting at that, all. Seriously, nothing. That's, that's better than what happened. I think this was more of like, "Tell me, I, yeah. listen." Like, I, I, I get, I get what she said. I know what she said. I, I'm just saying. oh, it's paying homage. Yeah, you get, just, great. Just, you get a point because you saw the connection. Wise. Yeah. Well, apparently, Brad did his homework. Apparently, I'm the only one who did. So <laughs> well, good for let you, me baby. take off my goggles right now. Okay. No, he's the blast. Um. Yeah, I, I actually, I really liked this issue overall. I thought Sink and them digesting the trauma that he experienced of like, not sa- basically sacrificing the refugees, the Gene versus Scott conversation. The artwork was also fucking gorgeous. Yeah, Stefano uh, Casali is great. Gene and Brew bonding and then Monet and Forge being there. It really came through. Yeah, I was expecting. Were they trying to set up a romance between Monet and Forge? Because that seems not. weird to me. Yeah. I don't like that. I yeah, think they're. I think it was more like frenzy. Friendlies. I going back to the new stuff we were talking about. Um, I'm wondering if this is what leads to maybe the, the dissolution of the X Men as a team, like the schism between Gene and Scott. Because hmm. that would actually give it like some legs. Just give it some legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I do. I really love. I'm not a Jean Stan because I know her too much from the animated series of Fainting. Scott. But <laughs> Gene has been fucking killing it. Like yeah. I really love where I mean, you know, she's got agency. Consent issues aside about brain brain uh, stuff. I am just like, right? She's just fucking showing up, talking shit, doing stuff, and she's like, it's it's very X Men Red Gene, which I really loved as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So I'm just glad she's back in a big way. Yep. Captain Marvel number forty eight, Kelly Thompson, Sergio Fernandez de Villa. Uh. We are talking the penultimate issue of Captain Marvel's side of the new brood saga ends with binary mortally wounded, Carol free of entrapment, and Rogan has met in some killer suits. It's awful. <laughs> it's very drawn out. <laughs> it's not good. I do like a Eureka moment where the Eureka moment. Eureka O'Hara? Uh, <laughs> Eureka. <laughs> That's where my brain went too. Thank uh, you, Clark. Where someone's like, uh, a character says a string of words, and then the other character goes, "Oh, that gives me a great idea. Uh, w- should we fly the ship around? What if we became that the ship?" That was really hamfisted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I wanted to like this a lot more. I I don't understand why this crossover or non crossover existed this way versus like kind of going back and forth with the X Men. I mean, I appreciate trying something different. It's just not working for me because like. The X-Men stuff is just so much better. I feel like they didn't get approval to really mix and mingle the two yeah. books. So they were like, eh, we got to we gotta keep, we want to bring this back. But we got to keep our readers focused on the titles that they collect. And I think that's exactly what. And Which is weird. Because didn't, we didn't even get Captain Marvel in the X-Men issues. It but was just like. that's Marvel does that. So you have to, to buy, buy both. Them. And you, don't, you didn't need to read both of them to understand the story. No, it was a bit. Of an odd duck. Um, well, we we'll got see one more happens. issue. Well, that's what I do hope is that they might find some way to close out the X Men side of the storyline in Captain Marvel. Well, they, didn't they, they say we're going up to space? And well, right, yeah, they're going to be so there. They're going to show up, but I just don't you know if bruise, they're going to like bruise little like no. hidden folks. It no. feels like that's already over. But Cyclops I wonder. Cyclops and Jean and all that stuff are going to go up and probably be in this episode and help kill. Cyclops is. It sounds like Jean's piecing out. All right, because she's like, I also burned a planet down, and well, I'm okay. 
I was don't do it. That wasn't really me. I was in a cocoon in the bottom <laughs> yeah, of the ocean. Yeah, I almost, and I yeah. didn't do anything it, wrong at it all. It could happen to anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wrapping up, X-23, Deadly Regenesis number two, Erica Schultz and Edgar Salazar. The X-23 prequel series continues with more background into Haymaker and a depowered Laura delivered right into our old handler's Kimura's hands. This is a big why. What? I don't understand. None of that makes fuck sense. Is existing, and who cares? the The only thing that was uh, was I, I was thinking of is maybe as Laura has become more prominent with an X Men, she's going to be an X Force. Like, did they want to just find a way to create a new story? Even though it's like you, anyone could just go back and read her back issues. Like, did they just want a faster but introduction? W- why point couldn't for they it? do it like as a modern existing series and just do some flashbacks versus something that's just set so in weird. the I mean, Utopia Kimura era? Was never a good. Villain, villain anyways, no. and whoever this man is, Wait, even less so. My favorite is on the front of the issue. It says, "Who is Haymaker?" You open it up; it tells you exactly who Haymaker <laughs> is, and you already knew that. That's in the fair. At least season. you're answering. They're answering it <laughs> for you immediately. <laughs> they're not keeping you hanging, so that's good on them. But I will say, it is not Erica Schultz's fault. She's. It's a competently. It's oh, yeah. competent. Oh no! It's yeah. A, yeah it's, it's very. It, it's co- but but again, you have. Laura running around, and then you have Tal, an old woman Laura running around, and then they do a, a mini series about her Young in the past. Laura. And I'm like, wow, you have an embarrassment of riches. Laura is such a great character to do stuff with. And, and then you Talon in the past. Yeah, it <laughs> is Talon. That is Talon in the past. <laughs> You're fucking really, right. That is really funny. She's, yeah. she's not going to be an X Force. That's the other one. That's true. X-Force. You're right. That's my very gosh. true. Oh, my goodness. I heard that sound. You better have heard it. I tried really hard. It was a tight one. Uh, As always, we like to wrap up with a little something we call Plug Me Daddy, where each of us get a chance to talk about something we've seen, experienced, blah, blah, blah. You know the spiel. You want recommendations for stuff, and we're here to give them. So let's start with Caitlin. What do you got to recommend? Uh, I still can't believe this happened, and I'm not going to spoil it because this is not a Succession podcast, but I'm going to talk about the latest episode of Succession mm-hmm. just in broad terms. Um, this is a show I really like, uh, and I'm glad they're ending it in this season because it could have gotten repetitive very quickly. This episode shows why that it's not getting repetitive. Uh, they made a major uh, plot decision that's going to have ramifications from here on out to the end of the show, and they handled it very, very well. It is expert storytelling. Uh, I am and still filmmaking. shook and filmmaking. I am just and acting. Yeah. I am just shook at how good and it was. Sound mixing <laughs> and sound editing and costume yeah. design. Uh. Um, and original song. Uh, I am just still like reeling at how powerful that episode was. Uh, I'm not going to tell you if you don't watch it, but if you did watch it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Great. I'm going to recommend a website called Uncommon Goods. Um. I received a plant in the mail this week from a couple of my siblings as an early birthday present. It was a lemon tree sent by Uncommon Goods, and it was delivered great. It's a new tree because I tried to put my lemon tree out for the winter, and hopefully it was hardy enough. And it most certainly was not and is fucking dead as a doornail. So Uncommon Goods, bring your lemon trees inside with Uncommon Goods. Maybe next time they can send you a turnip tree. Like the Napster of the Simpsons. <sighs> Anyone else have any recommendations? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will. Uh, I am really enjoying Beef. It's a new Netflix series. It's um, what's for dinner. Exactly. It's got Ali Wong. It's basically an entire uh, Asian, Asian-American cast. Um, Ali Wong and Steven Yuen play the main characters, and it's just what it's about. They got a lot it's of very beef. good, but it, if you think it's a comedy... Turn away. Yeah, it's well, it's a <laughs> right. It's it very, is, it's a they quite do, a dark show. They do play it up and right, and I haven't watched the rest of it. Uh, Andrew finished like the last three episodes at like fucking three a.m. last night as I'm going to bed. But it is really fucking good. Um, just a very like, just watch it. Like I don't go in without knowing stuff. It's very fun. Except to just, that it's not a comedy. Yeah, like it's going to be more of a drama. Let me ask sure. you this: uh, I'm flying down to Houston to see my family. Can I watch it on a plane without like feeling embarrassed about what I'm yeah, watching? Yeah, there's no like nudity sexual, or sexual. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a little bit of hooking up, but it's nothing that like you wouldn't. Actually, no, you see ass and balls. Really? And balls? Balls? I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, if you you're, what, it's only a couple hours, right? By the from time the back. it's ass a couple hours from the back. Yeah, it's oh. a couple of hours of balls. ass and balls. Yeah. No, but oh, okay. but I'm saying by the time you like, That's why it's called there's beef. not a whole lot. Also, <laughs> it's it's. it's Thoughtful, so I would say pick. Oh, up. it's tasteful. Yeah, it's tasteful. Yes. How many episodes are there? Like ten? I think eight or ten eight. for sure. 
Is that how so long that's like your work? Sixteen uh, balls. It's like a three-hour Oh, they hour are flight. only like thirty to forty minutes that's too. Fine. So you probably well, will get half halfway through it before. And then you I'll land. watch it on the way back. There you go. Yeah, balls. All right. So mine. <laughs> I already sent this picture to everybody, but it's from Fantastic Four number six, and it's uh, Mr. Fantastic looking at some amino acids in some pond, and he just gets some stretchy eyeball that looks like an uncircumcised dick. Like a hard, uncircumcised dick. Really it's God, wild. I love that panel we'll so much. Watching it weird. certainly to promote the episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's looking at some photosynthetic uh, scion bacteria, but instead he's just looking with an eyeball that's inside of a dick. Brent, you're a scientist. Is that how eyes work? Is that how it works? Yeah. That's how... <laughs> that's how Is that a, how dicks work? Uh, you know, you've got creatures with uh, little eyeballs at the ends of sticks. They see a lot better. I got it. Go that's why every a, that's why it's it, famously yeah. every hawk has large uh, sticks out of their Dick high sockets. Faces, yeah. yeah, I love that panel so much. <laughs> I want to start reading Ryan now. It's so uh, creepy. Just get your face get your face closer. <laughs> I need to go go hang out with a Brazilian again and see whether whether their dicks do this. Okay. No. <laughs> Size. Is he uncircumcised? Oh, uh, okay. And then now. Yeah. All right, that's been our episode. Uh, you know, you can find us on Twitter at Home Superior X, Instagram at Home Superior Podcast. You need to check out our Charlie Jane Anders uh, creator crush. It's fantastic. And also, uh, tell us other uh, Mutant Madness type competitions you'd like to see from us. We want you to be able to judge things more, and that's the only way we can do it. So, uh, that's been the issue. Uh, bye, little homos. Bye. Bye. bye.